Conversation Hat Podcast. This is the Conversation Hat Podcast, a live streamed recording of the Conversation Hat Podcast, where me, Liam, and Ben, who is over there. The good news is about when Ben sings, it's great because you know we won't get copyright ID'd. <laughs> you are out of practice, buddy. Dun, 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 dun. We are talking about bingeable television. Sorry, bingeable TV. Um, how it is good and how there are things. I wrote something down that I could say. I decided to go off script, and this is what I get. Um, bingeable telly. Stuff you can watch. Box sets, Netflix, uh, DVD collections. Uh, stuff. it down. Put it in your eyeballs and enjoy it. That's my Do advice. Do your best. Do your best. So we've got... I've got four TV shows and a bunch of honourable mentions. What do you have? I've gone with uh, three TV shows, and I've got... Uh, oh, I have three honourable mentions as well. And then we have some good news, and then we've got some stuff to plug. Yeah, we, we might do that in between things. I, we'll see how it goes. I've got one that's super obvious and one that's super obvious for me. So the one that's super obvious for me is Sharp. Bloody love me some Sharp. Sean Bean. like Sharp. Um, Sharp is all about a uh, British army officer in the... Oh, is it the? It's not the Regency. It's after the Regency. It's during the uh, French Civil War and the French, the Franco-Spanish War, and uh, the British involvement in that. Uh, Richard Sharp, Dick Sharp, ha ha ha, is a uh, what do you call it? Just like a guy. He's an orphan, I think, and then he gets raised through the ranks. He saves Wellington's life. He does a lot of cool stuff. All the rich people hate him. Women love him. Swoony swoon. Um, men want to be him. Men want to be him. Women want to be inside of him. Um, all of that stuff. Um, and Sharp in the... Uh, ooh, was it BBC or Channel 4? Stuff I should have prepared. I think Sharp it was TV. BBC. I know it was ITV. ITV. There it is. Um, so, yeah, my mum My mum used to love Sharp. She had it all on VHS. Of course she did. So I was yeah. just I just jumped on the Wikipedia page to see if there was anything that sparked my memory. It's a show from like the nineties, I think. Maybe the very early two um, thousands. Uh ninety-three to two thousand and eight. Yeah. So it's the same age as Laura. Um, which is fun. So, Fifteen? What? Oh yes. Ben can't Started. do brains. See, Sharp um, finished before Laura did, because Laura's still about. For now. Um <laughs> Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Sharp is fun because it is one of the only shows that Sean Bean doesn't die in. Basically, everyone dies except Sharp and his best mate. Like, Sharp hooks up with a... I'm going to spoil this very old show. Spoiler alert for that show <laughs> what came out in 1993, everyone. If he marries it, they die. If he fights alongside it, they die. If he fights against it, they die several times an episode because I'm pretty sure they reuse extras. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of people dying when they perhaps shouldn't die, um, and some of it is his fault. Um, but he's this dashing, fun character. Um, 
it's really fun if you're into any sort of um if you're into like period dramas that have fights in them so i guess you can get away with watching it if you're a bloke or a lady it's not gender specific and pretty easy to masturbate to i've got some stats about (laughs) sean bean dying because that that's the meme isn't it sean bean dies the most so i actually have some data on sean bean dying which i thought would be interesting please do Um, tell bean has a a death rating of 0.32 so i think that means that he's 30 if he's in a film there's a 32 percent chance that he dies in it that's my understanding of how the numbers work um which is the highest death rate i believe um or is it the other way around no no that is right um that's the highest death rating of nearly a third uh, so actually he he doesn't he only dies in a third of the stuff he's in which is pretty cool but then i don't know if that means that for example lord of the rings is one film that he dies in although but he's he is in three of them but he's in three of them as like flashbacks and stuff and he's also in like 20 sharps that he doesn't die in or is sharp one thing yeah is sharp one example <clears throat> But even if Sharp is one example, that means that that James Bond film is one example. So, hour and a half film versus a 15-year series. I said I had the so data. So, I would, th- I would think I Sharp don't. is counted as one thing. But it's not, because I don't think it can be, because they're each individual... It's not like a series. They're like standalone oh, movies, because they're, like they're quite long. Things. They're like an hour or so in length each. Or over, so I mm. think they're individual. I'm not certain, but I think so. Uh, I said I, I do have stats in front of me. I just don't know what they mean. Uh, but it's fine. We're working it out. John <laughs> Hurt. Like you work in, gov- in British politics. Oh no, they know exactly what they're doing. Don't you worry about that. They are trying to kill us. Um, <clears throat> John Hurt has died more times. Uh, John Hurt. Well, he's ac- he's actually dead. Oh well. That's 44 deaths then, isn't it? Not 43. <laughs> um, his lift-die ratio is smaller than Sean Bean's. John Hurt and Mickey Rourke have both have an average of 0.31. So overall, they die less often, but John Hurt has died more times, if that makes but, sense. Yeah, Mick, Mickey Rourke hasn't regenerated, though, because he became sure. um, Paul McGann. Paul Megan. Paul McGann. He was in 1996, and then he was a little bit in 2013, but only for like a two-minute thing where he turns into the War Doctor, played by John Hurt, who regenerates. That means he beats Mickey Rourke. I I got the previous data from IMDb. Um, I don't know what the... um, What do you call it? Uh, the reference. I don't know where this information came from, but Bean is apparently refusing roles in which he dies now, which is fine. Oh. Um, so do if he gets work, he might reduce his, reduce his uh, death ratio. Do you think he might be turning down roles that are like written specifically for him to die? Oh, that could be it. Because yeah, maybe it, yeah. there's some that, you know, he's got to die in some of them, but if they're like, right, we want you... Sean Bean to come on our show and die. Yeah. Yes. He might tell him to do one. 
And I think that would be fair enough, really. Ooh, Emma Hewer has an interesting point on YouTube. Does Bean's advert for Yorkshire tea count in the statistics? I don't think it includes voiceover work. No, so no, he's not. He's, no. he's not a voiceover in that. Is it actually he's, him? He's. It's actually him. He's actually there. But he's playing he's himself. About how good tea is. He's playing himself in the Yorkshire tea factory. Okay. So yes, he is playing himself. But I'm going to say that depends on whether or not he actually has a Yorkshire accent. Because if he's playing he himself, or he's playing, yeah, but he could be. It'd be really funny if he was from Norfolk and he just puts on the Yorkshire accent because it suits him. Well, he's from Sheffield. Okay. Yeah, my dad's from Sheffield. He doesn't sound like Sean Bean. Well, that sounds like your dad and putting in the fucking effort, mate. Yeah, I completely agree. Fun little extra fact, sort of tangentially related to the concept of statistics, I guess. Uh, Danny Trejo is in mm. the most movies. 250 credited roles because he does a lot of small parts he does um, um yeah. some parts where he's just himself as well yes and lots of music videos he's in quite a lot of slayer music videos which i've got to say makes sense so that that's that's my suggestion number one do you have your suggestion number one i do hope so i do have my suggestion number one our dip um and it it stars danny trejo Oh god. He's in it for he's in it for a little bit. Yeah. I think he's only in it for about half an hour before he gets blown up. Is it breaking bad? It is breaking bad. Ding 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 ding. You have breaking bad as well. Breaking bad's my number two, so we can combine these. We can combine these. What a great these. day to I be alive. I feel less special. Um <laughs> Every day uh, I feel yeah. less special. I I've watched Breaking Bad around about six times, I yeah. think. And I've just started it again. Nice. I recently I think, did a rewatch as well through lockdown. Uh, just finished it and then watched El Camino, in fact. Uh, like, at the very start of when it was bloody hot, so maybe Monday or Sunday, I, I watched El Camino to round it all I've up. still not seen that. Have you not? So maybe, so maybe I'll, okay. um, I'll pick that up once I've finished this. So whereabouts are you now? Um, I literally started yesterday. Okay. I, th- I think it was possibly making this list that compelled me to watch it. <laughs> it's the thing where, like, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad in the last six months and you start talking about Breaking Bad, it's like, I really want to watch Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard I mean, to I, not. I watched it twice in the year. So, obviously, I've, I finished it, and then I think I went and rewatched it, and then about six to seven months later, I rewatched it again, nice. bringing the total up to three... Within wow. the first year of it finishing. And then I think maybe the, a year later I watched it. And then maybe a year later, a year and a bit later I watched it again. Because there's a couple of bits, even in the first two episodes, that I'd forgotten yeah. that I love. Yeah. My favourite line out of the whole thing. I know there's people who say, I am the one who knocks. Now nah, that's a bit... All of this stuff. Nah. The best line yeah. is uh, in... When they've first pulled up the RV. So this is actually, yeah, episode one. They've gone to cook. For those of you who don't know about Breaking Bad... Spoilers. Chemistry teacher gets cancer. He decides to cook meth. And then the highest rating TV show of all time ensues. Yeah, pretty much. They're, they're, so they're like saying how far out, far away from everything there is. they are. And Jesse's like, there's just a bunch of cows. There's like a big cow house over there. And watch 
cow house. Yeah, <laughs> where they live, <laughs> the cows, and that is my that is my favourite. Yeah, fuck comedy part. It, it's it's a real gem. It's just such good comedy amongst a show that gets pretty dark pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that that's that's show that's when you can do comedy at the same t- and it doesn't detract from the show you're making i think is a it's it's a it's a good old good old time i every now and again will go back and rewatch big chunks of breaking bad and what i find i usually do is, is i i scroll through and like no nah, i don't want to watch the airplane one spoilers i don't want to watch the one where jane dies i don't want to watch <laughs> the uh the the um fly episode and there's just like specific ones that like because they stick in your head as the fly episode, the one where Jane dies, like it ma- that for some reason makes me not want to watch it because like no, I don't want to see what someone chase a fly for an entire episode. So so I tend to find like a point kind of early-ish and then just watch from there. Mm. I I would say if you're like me and for some reason you decide you don't want to watch the fly episode, firstly the fly episode is amazing. It's just that it sticks in your head as the fly episode, but it's so good, man. You're like, oh, he's just chasing a fly around. No. No. It's all the conversations and all the thoughts that are going through his head that are that episode. Although that episode is um, the worst rated out of all the episodes. Because I think people will will go to rewatch it and then go, oh, no, not the fly one. Or like they'll realise, oh, the next episode is the fly one. Skip it. Just watch from the beginning if you have that. If you were like but that, the because thing, there are so many episodes like that that are actually amazing. But the thing is, this that was the worst rated episode, but it was directed by the same person who directed the best rated episode, oh, which yeah. has the name that I can't pronounce. Ozzy. I didn't put that. I I should have. What what which what happens in the best? What episode rated one? that was? Ozzy Mandius. Ozzy Mandius. But what's the episode? 14th episode in season 5. 60th, third to last one. So so Walt goes on the run and um, Jesse gets apprehended, shall we say? I'm trying not to give away lots of spoilers or anything. No, give it's, it away. It's, it's fine. Uh, the third to last one. Oh, uh, okay. so Walt where he actually does hi- disappear. Right. He does disappear, yeah. Yes. He's on the highest so rated one. That's the highest rated one. I find it really weird how you for- I at least forget that Walt really is a bastard and how when you... I don't know if it's just because society has come a long way since Breaking Bad was first published, um, but the broadcast published, whatever. Um, when you watch it initially, you you... I felt like you were supposed to feel as if Skylar was the bad person because it's framed I... that way because Walt is the central character and even though he's doing bad things you're sort of supposed to root for him because he's the main character but it gets very very difficult it really does every like, time I've further... rewatched it I've felt like I can't believe I was ever rooting for this guy, or I can't e- believe that I ever thought that Skylar was the wrong one because almost everything she does is completely understandable and maybe isn't like 
the smartest thing to do sometimes, but you totally get why she does what she does um, and acts entirely reasonable, entirely reasonably considering what's going on. She starts getting a bit corrupted near the end, but nowhere yeah. near as much as what she almost complicit. But then because they're using a they're using the car wash to launder money. But that's I think then, just because she doesn't see any other way out. Like, yeah, but then she there's there's a line where they're talking about getting another car wash so they can launder more. Yeah, and like Walt suggests one of them, and she does go like, oh, I do love that location, which right. is sort of like a little bit of her completely ignoring the fact that they're laundering drug money. Yeah. And like a, oh, I like that one. So there's yeah. a little there's a little twist of it. But yeah, she never goes full. There is an interesting character reversal wall. there where she basically gets, I mean, my, my, my opinion is still that like she feels trapped and she feels like she has, she may as well be complicit because what option does she have? Like it's, she's, it's been proven that she can't call the cops and she can't yeah. really do anything. So I guess I'm part of it. Um, it's interesting that as she seems to turn into trying to make I, it workable, he... I heard her call... Sorry, sorry. I was just, just going to say that like she works out this is basically what she's got to do and that is around about the time where Walt's like, I, I got a bail. <laughs> It's mm. just interesting that they both swap at very similar moments. It's very interesting. I hated Skylar. Yeah. And I think I will do again. because it, There's something about a, how she's framed. Because she's such a dick. I get that she's pregnant and she's going through stuff as well. But could you maybe lay off your cancer-riddled husband? But just especially, a little bit. Especially at the start when it's like, he's got cancer, let him go for a walk. Like let him have secrets, whatever. But um, again, I, I think she is quite reasonable to like want to know what's going on, but he's also quite reasonable for having secrets. It's just that that's irrelevant because he's cooking meth. He's not going for walks. He's doing criminal activity. Yeah. But it, it's so interesting. I'd love to know more about how they actually achieved her coming across as the enemy. I find that really interesting. It's very cool. Yeah. Would, uh, would you like some... Breaking Bad trivia and or facts. Trivia and or facts. I'd trivia like some trivia that facts. isn't true. Have you got any trivia that isn't true? Um, yes. No, I want truth. I'm sorry. Um, um, all, all of the set from Breaking Bad was made out of wheat. And 50% of the actors as well. <laughs> Walt but Jr. which ones? Walt Jr. is actually completely wholemeal bread. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah, Sky is a burrito with googly eyes. A damp burrito. <laughs> you know. When you wow. Yeah, you really finger, hate her. Your fingers stick to the. You're like, oh, that's been lying on its side for no, 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 no. Because Brian Cranston, who won Best Actor for yeah. his portrayal of Walter White in Breaking Bad, because uh, he had sort of like a comedic background with Malcolm, Malcolm in the middle, in the middle. And stuff. Hells yeah. Yes. No. Um, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Could you repeat the question? Such a jam. Love um, They Might Be Giants. Yeah, they, they approached Matthew Broderick, Ferris Bueller, yes. slash the guy that fights not Godzilla in the Godzilla movie. Yeah. Or um, John, uh, John Cusack. They offered both of them the roles of Walter. 
But they really? turned it down. Yeah. Some more trivs. Yes, please. Um, each um, episode, whilst mm-hmm. filming in yep. uh, Albuquerque, I believe it was, yes. bought roughly $1 million to the local economy. Each episode? Each episode. Actual Christ. Wow. I'm assuming that's renting spaces, food. Yeah. Buying cars. All of, all of that malarkey. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Here is a big spoiler again for the show that finished seven years ago. But Go on, spoil it. Block your ears. Yeah, um, it doesn't work, I've got headphones. Doesn't work if you do it. Um, when Walter passes, when he dies what? in the last episode... What? Yeah. Yeah. Um they they actually printed an obituary in the Alga, uh, Albuquerque Times or whatever the newspapers are. Oh called. really? Yeah. For what purpose? Just um saying the local chemistry teacher Walter White has died in this just uh, just a little just a little just thing. A little bit. So if you were buying that newspaper and you were a fan of Breaking Bad and you hadn't watched it yet, you'd think. Some well, weird I imagine shit was they'd wait on. till the, uh, the the episode had been out a little bit rather than doing it right after they filmed it. <laughs> I would hope. Well, you, you would hope, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen. True. It um, could. Do we all know that the the pizza chuck was an accident? Is that common knowledge? The pizza chuck was not an accident, but it was a fluke. Was it I, one of those things where they, they they were prepared to do it a million times until he got it right and he did it on the first one? Absolutely. Awesome. They, I think they had like hours planned for him to throw the pizza box and the pizza to come out and land on the roof. Right, that makes more he sense. He did it in the he did it in the first take. Yeah, and you can see a little bit of surprise. Yeah. Because he does it, and then he turns to look. He turns and looks, and sort of he, he almost does a double take. There's a flicker, isn't there? Bef- there's a little flicker of him going. It's almost stopping himself from turning around, going, "Oh my god!" So he sort of looks and gets in the car and carries on. Yeah, because when but I there must have been a bit of his head just going, "Jesus Christ, I did that first time." Yeah, I thought it was a complete accident because I I watched it back and like I saw that double take, but I interpreted that as thinking it had been an accident, him going, oh, oh, I've ruined it, and then he buckers off. But So it's interesting that it's a double take of, oh, nailed it, wicked. Um, oh, but first then go. That makes more sense in the context of the rest of the show because I remember watching it and being like, how did they then know to pan up to the roof? Or had they already written that Skylar was going to clean the roof that day for no reason? Like, yeah, there's there's lots of other stuff. So so that makes more sense. That's really fun. Um, um, got any more trivia? reminded me that yeah, go on. Yes, I've got three, four bits. Bloody hell. That has just reminded me that um, their house, Negra Aurora Lane, whatever yes. it is, is an actual place. Yes. And after the pizza episode, the people who owned that house went onto the local news to ask people to stop coming to their house and throwing pizzas on the roof. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, no. That's so unfortunate. It isn't really... Yeah, you don't really want... Your house. Oh, my house is on TV. Now bastards keep throwing pepperoni at us. That's so uncool. Wow. Um, 
little bit we we know about the uh, writers' strike. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think it was in LA in two thousand seven. Yeah, it messed up quite a lot of shows. However, it affected this show in an interesting way. Oh, yeah? Because season one was seven episodes, eight episodes instead of 13, Mm. originally they were going to have Jesse die in episode nine. Ooh. But there was only eight episodes. Uh, Aaron Paul did a really good job. The character was really well received. And uh, Vince Gilligan decided not to kill him because he thought there was so much more he could get out of the character. Yeah, definitely. So if it weren't for the writer's strike, TV show would have been very, very different. So were the writers basically going to kill him off, but then it was the showrunner that decided, nah. Uh, he he was planned because uh, Gilligan created it. Yeah. Uh, he was planning to have Jesse just killed off and... Right, okay. Su- take it some other way. But uh, yeah, fun. Right, a strike. So he went. Actually, no, we can, we can get more out of this, and they did, and they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Someone else who thinks they did a good job is mm. one Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah, who is a, apparently a fan and binged the show in like two weeks, and wrote a letter to uh, uh, some members of some member of the cast or crew. Comparing it to a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. There's lots of hubris in there. I th- I thought that was kind of cool. How many times do you think Jesse says bitch throughout the series? Oh, god. Because he says it a lot. He says it often. Is it thousands or is it not thousands? It's a lot lower than you would think. Oh, really? Okay, 200. It's only 54. Really? Yeah, he didn't say it as much as you think he Whoa. does. 54 times he says bitch. Because I know that science you, bitch isn't it, actually isn't the catchphrase. That's not what's said. But science bitch is somehow what we think no, the catchphrase he's, is. No, it was, yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. I th- That's funny. I think it's because people think he says bitch so much more. So they're like, bitch. Yeah. That's whenever cool. they do an impression of Jesse or whenever you think about Jesse. Maybe he says it a lot in the first so, yeah. series or so. And then he saves it for like really impactful moments Maybe. later down the line. Do you do you have one more fact? Because I have a, a little thing. Uh, you do your little thing because then my fact is going to lead to an honourable mention. Cool. Um, well, this is this is sort of an honourable mention, but not really. Uh, you haven't seen El Camino or Better Call Saul, right? Or you have you weren't into Better Call Saul. I've seen the first season, maybe first two seasons of Better Call Saul. Okay, so and then maybe I just OD'd on it or something because I quite didn't possibly much. Um, so do watch El Camino. Um, you can watch it as a standalone, but I think actually if you watch it, I left quite a lot of a gap between obviously the end of Breaking Bad, which I watched in real time, and then El Camino, which I watched when it came out. There was quite a big gap there. Um, and then last week I watched the end of Breaking Bad and then immediately El Camino, and it's a different film because you don't you, you sort of forget like the trauma that Jesse's going through uh, in that last series, and a lot of it is that the basic plot of El Camino is Jesse escaping. What happens to Jesse when Walt dies? Where does he go? Sure. Um, and a lot of it does deal with the the white supremacists, the, the Nazi boys that he's running away from. There's a lot more information about them. So it 
it improve there's a lot of flashbacks as well so it really improves your viewing of the last season from Jesse's perspective and is improved by that last series so I would suggest just watching it immediately after really very good uh, Better Call Saul is a nice standalone series there are callbacks because you see like bits Links of the cartel being set up uh, Gus Fring is in it um, there's lots of really cool stuff the main reason you want to watch Better Call Saul um, is for the character development of Kim Wexler who is Saul's partner she is a re- ridiculous character so well played so well acted um so very relatable and just really there's some brutal moments there's some funny moments my god the tequila episode just <laughs> you'll you'll know it when I mean, you see it the tequila episode is the amazing. fact that there's a tequila episode is so good me she is like the driving force behind it like there's lots of good stuff about it i really love um Oh, Bob Odenkirk, isn't it? He's one of my favourite yes. comedians. So, like, him as in any character is, like, a real treat for me. So he's excellent in it. His brother is played by um, the guy who was the singer in Spinal Tap. So that's another uh-huh. treat. And, like, the story arc with his brother is ridiculous. And... I thought it was a little odd. Yeah. It is good it concludes good not actual good good it concludes big i think is the way to not give that away okay (laughs) that's the best that i can do it concludes good it concludes big i love bed good in a tv sense not good in like a compelling it's not a sense it's not a happy oh shit no (laughs) it's a real day ruiner um but yeah, no, it's pretty great. <laughs> um, so I, I would absolutely recommend um, pushing forward with Better Call Saul. That's my honourable mention. Well, one of my... I have a load of honourable mentions. I was really bad at picking just a couple things to talk about. <laughs> See, now I was quite bad at picking uh, things to talk about mm. because there's so many shows that I would watch again and that I love, and that I would recommend to people. However, I, I wanted these ones to be actually bingeable. Yes, totally. So this is my last bit of break. My last bit of BB trivs. BBTs. Um, BBT, which links onto my first honourable mention. Honourable. Uh, Breaking Bad is one of two TV shows that have over one million votes on IMDb. The other one is Game of Thrones. Yeah, that does not surprise me. Game of Thrones still holding a 9.3 rating or 9.2 rating because it did it did go down after season 8 somewhat, yes. And I I'm put, popping it on the list because it was important TV. Oh, massively. Yeah, yeah. For nearly ten for nearly ten years, yeah, it was the most streamed, uh, like the most talked about. Uh, it was a very influential mm. um, 
TV. I think it spawned like I think like Vikings and yeah some similar shows like that only really came to fruition because of Game of Thrones. It did kind same of reinvigorate as... uh, a lot of like the fantastical medieval stuff in the same way yeah. that Lord of Rings did in the early 2000s. So it's culturally or very Breaking important. Bad, Breaking Bad um, I think helped out with Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Sons of Anarchy was before, wasn't so, it? I only heard... See, now I, I have it in my head as after. Okay. Because I heard about it after and... The first review I saw was, it's like break, it's like more Breaking Bad. So I think I think they were okay. roughly the it, same I mean, time. I think I came or... to, oh, Breaking Bad was two thousand eight. I think I came to it really yeah. late, to be honest. Game of Thrones is still bingeable up to a point, but I don't Massively. think anyone who's finished the whole thing before will go back and watch it. The Some first, might, the first but few I think seasons, the majority wouldn't. The first few seasons are really very good indeed, especially if like um, Lord of the Rings left a little um, hobbit-shaped hole in your heart. Um, what I would say is the thing that bugged me most about Game of Thrones isn't how it ended, isn't the last couple series seasons, it's the middle bit where nothing happened every week. Um and you can get away with stuff not happening if you intend for people to binge a series and then it's okay for them to have like an episode that is literally landscape photography that's fine but it's when because you have to wait every single week for a new episode that it's not you can't do that and that was my bigger problem even i can sort of cope with the ending it's just that i didn't want to have to watch messenger birds deliver mail in real time that was not okay for like the middle chunk. That's what killed it for me more than anything, more than the ending for me personally. It did kind of um, almost make it feel like you've wasted two weeks. Quite. Very similar to like Lost. Yeah. You would have five minutes of very exciting things at the end. Yep. Then you'd have to wait a week. Then you would have 45 minutes of bugger all. Yes. And then Very five much. minutes of exciting things that had nothing to do with the previous exciting things that yeah. wouldn't get wrapped up until another two and a half weeks away. Yes. So, yeah, that, that was a, a pain in the behind. It was. Very much. So, yeah, that, that probably didn't help the, the not-goodness that were the later series of Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. But I, th I thought they deserved an honourable mention for the series's... Building yeah. up to it, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And for the books. Yeah. Good books. I have heard the books are rather good. They are. Bloody long, though. It If it was all written in one line, it would reach from Dover to Calais. That's quite and far. And you get, you'd get very wet whilst reading. What, what size font? Times New Roman 12? I mean, Times New Roman 12 is basically the standard, is it not? I I believe so what, personally. What sort of what sort of monsters would use? I don't know. Comic Sans. and a half wingding. <laughs> Nailed it. The next one. Nailed it on Netflix. Uh, cooking show. Oh, that that's goes a show. wrong. Yes, uh, I wasn't just congratulating you. Although well done and nailed it for Breaking Bad. Uh, nailed it is a uh, cooking show uh, hosted by 
one of my favorite comedians and podcasters, Nicole Byer. She's incredible. She was nominated for an Emmy for Nailed It, which makes perfect sense. Uh, Nailed It is a cooking show where people are kind of crappy, and that is the point. Um, so they'll be given like a really uh, ridiculous thing, uh, cake or baked good to try and replicate. And the three contestants mm-hmm. invariably don't fuck it up. And, and yeah, exactly. Um, and that that is very much the whole point. And it's really fun to have a cooking show that embraces and encourages people to do a really terrible job. And there's something about that. It's just very joyful and very fun to watch. So um, Nailed It is a very bingeable show. There's quite a lot on Netflix. And you know what? When you run out of Nailed It, you also have Sugar Rush, which is similar in content, but it's so it, it's a confection cake based baking show. Mm-hmm. But the intention is you do a good job. Um, very American, very um, gleeful, very colorful, very fun. Sugar Rush is a good um, one. Sort of like American Bake Off. Um, Yes, but it's not a series, so each episode is like a standalone thing, whereas Bake Off, you get okay. to know the characters over the course of the entire series, their, their ind- individual yeah. teams um, for uh, Nailed It. You just have three contestants per episode, and then they change. Um, Sugar okay. Rush, the same. You have uh, four teams of two, and then they gradually get eliminated, and one of the teams wins, wins money at the end. Um, Zumbo's Just Desserts um, oh I think he's Australian but he could be from New Zealand and I'm sorry Um, let's assume he's Australian Uh, Zumbo is a uh, confection wizard he is also one of the guest judges on Sugar Rush he's an adorable bald gentleman Um, Zumbo has his own show called Zumbo's Just Desserts which is more like Bake Off but it's kind of whimsical and crazy um so you have oh it's like 12 contestants and then each week one of them wins and one of them is voted off so uh, in terms of the format in terms of the structure it's much more like a little more um, bake-off a little more bake-off but it's crazy and colorful and uh very willy wonka there's lots of dry ice and stuff uh whereas uh bake-off is quaint and full of scones yes nailed it and soggy bottoms exactly nailed Nailed it. it on uh, Netflix with Nicole Byer. Once you run out of Nailed It, you have Sugar Rush, you have Zimbo's Just Desserts, and then you have all of Nicole Byer's podcasts. So you will be fine for You're all, yep. everything. Sugared up. All sugared up, baby. Yes. Right, my next one. As you know, I'm a big fan of Buffy. Really? The Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Oh, that Buffy. That Buffy. The Vampire Slayer. However, that is not on my bingeable TV list. What the hell? What the hell, Ben? I have instead on my bingeable TV list the spin-off from Buffy, Angel. Okay. That runs parallel to Buffy um, yeah. up until 2004 when it has one series once Buffy's finished. The reason I have this on my list instead of Buffy is that whilst Buffy is great TV... Mm-hmm. They never knew if they were going to get another season okay. until season six, when season seven was confirmed before writing and stuff. Right. So 
it's season one overarching storyline season two overarching storyline season three season four season five then season six have their own but with an extra little arc okay that goes over the two interesting with angel they knew they were getting an extra series right so they could set stuff up in season one that would eventually come around into season three or even in season four and whilst they still had season one arc, season two arc, season three arc, they have an arc going from season one, episode one, that can carry all the way to the last episode of season five. Okay, that's cool. So it sort of has a bit more a rhythm. It, it feels like it's going play. It, it knows where it's going a little yeah. more than Buffy did, which I think it just makes it if not necessarily better TV, not better than Buffy. I know there'd be people shouting at me if I said that. Mm. But I think it's easier to plonk yourself down and watch five seasons of Angel than it is to plonk yourself down and go through, granted, seven seasons of Buffy. Yes. Just because it has that. Sure. It always knows where it's going. Even in the filler episodes, it, there's still a sense of other things going on behind so, the scenes. So with Buffy, I guess it's harder to watch because they, they only have the little storylines per season. And presumably a villain of the week as well. So, yeah. so you're saying that with Angel, there's like you s- in episode the very first episode. Do you sort of know the goal for the very end? Is that accurate or sort you, of? You get a villain or like it, it's a law firm, okay, that are evil and demons and stuff. That's like the constant bad throughout, even though in season two or three there will be uh, more main antagonists there's always like the hovering threat of the law firm yes throughout interesting um simon you always know them bad simon petter in the chat has said uh babylon 5 did that too yes um and I've not I've not seen Babylon 5 but I've heard lots of good things about it not just from you Simon. Um that's reminded me of something that I'd completely forgotten I binged. Um Battlestar Galactica the 2004 um version amazing series. The, the newest one. Yes with um what's his name? Uh Katie Sackoff, uh, Edward James Olmos, that whole cast. Really bloody good. Mm-hmm. Um I watched that through, like, in not one sitting, but, like, it was the only thing I watched until I finished it. And then we had to watch all of, like, the uh, the spin-offs and the movies and stuff. Really, really okay. good. I haven't felt the need to re-watch it, um, but I might. Okay. <laughs> Would recommend I mean, I think that. some of those shows are important. Oh, massively. The ones that you love but wouldn't necessarily rewatch. Yeah, totally. Cuz it shows you that I think it means that the story's been told, you know, just right. Well enough sort yeah. of spot. Yeah, it, it's it been... feels very complete. Do you have more Buffy Angel facts? Um, I've got a I mean, I could talk about Buffy for some hours. Have really could have uh, done. have and have done could will do again. Oh yeah, massively. Um, I mean, if I talk about Angel then the honourable mention attached to it must be Buffy, because without Buffy, we had no Angel. And yes. Again, it was such a front-running... Even watching it now, it's hella 90s. Yes. 
but the later series is I don't think are dated as much as the earlier ones. Mm. You know, oh look, strong girl woman fighting the monsters and isn't all this cool. They had one of the main characters um find out that they were gay. That they went they went through lots of teen issues in different ways they did with drug addiction. Um it's the first time that the phrase Google someone was put on TV, or movies, I think. So it was like the first time that anyone had said to Google. My interesting fact would be that there is one character who is the longest serving actor in the Buffy universe. Obviously, you can get say characters are hundreds of years old because they're vampires and demons and shit. But the actress Mercedes McNabb who you might remember as the small blonde girl from the Adams family. Yes, okay. You know, there yeah, was yeah. like the opposite Wednesday Adams. Yeah. She plays she is in the pilot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't think even Sarah Michelle Geller, who plays Buffy, is in the pilot. Really? That's like funny. like some of some of some of the main actors and actresses aren't. Wow, okay. Ryan Ryan Reynolds was meant to play Xander, Buffy's mate. That oh, what weird, could have been? Yeah. Wow. Um, but yes, this the actress Mercedes McNabb was in the pilot for Buffy, and she was in the last episode of Angel. So she is the longest running actor, actress, yeah. actor, actress, actee through the whole thing. Uh, so my final TV show, bingeable TV show, before we get into honorable mentions, is Orange Is the New Black. Are you familiar? I've heard positive things. You will have. But never got round to watching it myself. Okay. Um, so the the reason this is in my mind is because it um, season, the, the final finale, uh, last wrap-up season, came out last year in 2019, season seven, and was really good. Very satisfying conclusion. Uh, like all good things, I came to it late. Um, so I basically managed to watch through... Uh, I didn't plan this. It was pure accident coincidence. I watched through all of Orange is the New Black. Um, I think I had the flu or something. Don't worry, this was 2019. It wasn't nefarious flu. Um, None of that one. Just regular flu. Remember when you used to get colds and it was fine? Um, So I started watching it and then got sick, so managed to complete watching it um, all the way through. And then they announced uh, the... Series 7 was going to come out, I think, when I was about two-thirds through the whole thing. So that was really fun. So I basically managed to watch the whole thing in one go. Um, It covers issues of race, sexuality, gender, mental health, prison reform. Uh, So it's jam-packed. It's really funny in places, but can also ruin your day. Uh, like all good art, it has it covers both ends of the spectrum. Uh, really crazy funny in places. Uh, Janeway is a Russian woman who runs the canteen. Uh, that was a treat. And it basically revolves around a central character uh, called Piper, who's based on a, a real-life, actual human lady. Um, so uh, it's not really spoilery, because it's covered in like the first episode. Okay. She... Um, gets involved with drug trafficking and she's not good kids don't it's do not it. great she sort of 
it's portrayed as like the, the innocent bystander, like, oh, she was in love with an actual drug dealer and just like got some stuff over the border to help out and oh she got rumbled and they sort of implied that she would just go to like jail for a couple of weeks but then actually is incarcerated for a very long time and it's interesting that the the premise of the story as uh i'm going to mispronounce this person's name genji kohan i believe um who's the showrunner, they sold it as a white girl fish out of water type thing. Uh, How is this middle class uh, blonde white chick going to deal with all these rough black people and Hispanic people in prison who are actual criminals and implicitly she is in there in a technicality? Uh, That's how it was sold as this fish out of water thing. Um, And it really broadly is that... But it's so much deeper than fish out of water skit implies. Um, Like I said, there's issues of uh, race, sexuality, mental health. There's lots in there. And the overarching thing, uh, especially towards the end, is very much about prison reform and how it um, shouldn't be as bad as it is. Um, It's based on real people, like I said. So the central character, Piper, uh, I believe it's based on real-world Piper's memoirs. Um, Sorry, real-world Piper's is a great name for a band. I mean, I'll write it down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You don't sound convinced. Real-world Piper. I haven't said anything for a while. I wanted to be No, it's good to chime in. You got to you got to make it you got to make yourself known. Um got a little bit of back and forth. The a lot of the uh drama and comedy in the first uh ooh, is this spoiler? This is an old show so screw it spoilers. Um I think it's a while old, yeah. And it it's not like actually ruining it. I'm not going to tell you who dies. The drug dealer that Piper fell in love with, uh this girl Alex is also in the same prison that Piper is in. And that is where a lot of the uh, the, the narrative is driven based on that. A lot of the drama and the comedy comes from the fact that the, this former couple are now incarcerated together, um, basically for the same crime, um, which is quite interesting. But in real sure. life... Um, I'm just going to read off my notes. Uh, that is actually something the show got wrong. Um, in real life, real Piper was actually already trafficking drugs before she was in a relationship with Alex. Um, so the, uh, I guess the real life character, to be blunt, is less sympathetic than the TV show version of Piper. Because in the TV show, it is portrayed as, oh, this dumb blonde woman shouldn't have been trafficking drugs no wonder she went to prison but who actually is kind of she was sort of doing it for love sort of but not really Mm. but sort of that's how it's portrayed so she's kind of sympathetic in that way but when you learn that real life piper was already trafficking drugs it's like oh well yeah of course you went to prison you idiot um yeah that's i just thought that was quite interesting do these things uh but of course it's based off of like these real life events it's it's not a literal version of them. It's just based it, off it's it. It's based Orang- on instead of... Exactly. Um, so Orange is the New Black, really very good. Uh, final season came out 
um, last year. Um, the one thing that I found a bit janky, I don't know if it just wasn't prepared for it, if I wasn't expecting it, there's lots of flashbacks. And actually, it's one of the most rewarding things about the show is that you have these really interesting characters and every now and again you're shown a glimpse of how they ended up in prison and how the criminal justice system in the USA, the world over, but especially the USA, um, is so broken that actually this perfectly reasonable but unfortunate set of circumstances ended up with this person in prison. And now that they're in prison, they're having to do some really grubby things in order to survive. So I found that really, really interesting, um, how these characters become more sympathetic. They're not just criminals who are in prison. They are mothers who literally ran out of options. They are uh, children who made a stupid mistake in school, all kinds of stuff like that. So like I said, it's funny, but it can sort of ruin your day. Um, yes. Yeah. Watch Orange is the New Black. After Better Call Saul. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Damn it. It's good, these are just is what things, I'm saying. These are just words we're saying. You don't have to... Every, all, to everything this. I say is just words. Yeah, I would say 100% of the things I say. Except when I make up words. That's different. But that's still words. Kabluba de balls. Smelch. Smelch Towser. That's... That, that Don't do that without consent. Good. You'll go to prison. Um, what's your final show before the honourable mentions? My final show... Is it stupid? Is, um... I don't know. Just filling at time. At times, I suppose. <laughs> but, in a, but in a good way. I'm here um, for it. Spaced. Yes. With, I um, just watched and finished Spaced. I kind of wish there was more, but I'm sort of happy there isn't. It's good. It's good that there isn't because it means that, um, you know, sometimes if there's a season three, it's not as good. Season one introduces you to characters. Season two explores those relationships already established in season one or mixes it up a bit. Season three, uh, <laughs> what, do we do that again? Yes. Do, do we mix it up some more? Introduce a new we're... character. Yeah, gets tricky. Yeah, yeah, it can be um, tricky, but yeah, it's uh, Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson. Yes, uh, both very funny people. Simon Pegg obviously went on to do um, the Cornetto trilogy with Nick Frost and Edgar Wright, who yeah. directed uh, directed Spaced. Yeah, it was uh, some of the first things they did. I've lost your face. Ah, oh, there it is. Hello. Yeah, it's full full of pop culture references. Um, it's Stephen King, lots of Star Wars, Buffy, yeah, Angel, Star Trek. There's there's so many references that if you watch one episode, you won't get all of them. Yes, massively. Just because that it's it's constant, but it all flows. But there's enough that you will get Even, some of the references. There's yeah, enough. there's so many that you will get some of them. Yeah, but it's no, they don't feel forced into it. Yeah, all of the references go perfectly with the story they're used well it's not overused even though it's a constant thing there's one sit one episode where uh simon Pegg and nick frost's character tim and mike have spent the entire they haven't slept because they spent all night doing cheap speed with some blokes in the pub that'll happen because 
because they didn't want to insult them by saying no because they might get beaten to death with a pool cue. So you're just going to take so, the drugs. So he took the cheap speed. Um, yeah. And uh, Simon Pegg's character, Tim, spends all night, uh, stays up playing Resident Evil 2. Yeah. And then starts seeing zombies everywhere. That's what inspired Shaun of the Dead. That episode is why they wrote Shaun of the Dead, which means that's why they went and did the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Uh, which meant Simon Pegg was then in Star Trek and Star Wars with J.J. Abrams. Uh, Edgar Wright went on to do uh, Baby Driver. Yes. And Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Yeah. I'm just looking up Edgar um, Wright again. I think Jessica Stevens... He does not look how Dinkton. I think he would look. He looks... He's got big black shaggy hair and a beard. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit of one. That's just not what I thought it looked like. Interesting. Um, yeah, this it's sort of like what helped launch their careers, I think. And yeah, definitely. Again, these are the uh, Cornetto trilogy, mm. thus named because they um, Ed's hung over in Shaun of the Dead, and he wants a Cornetto from the shop. That was from Edgar Wright's days at university. Yeah, I've watched all of the behind-the-scenes stuff of Spaced and those movies. Um, yeah, he's had it as a hangover cure, so they just put it in for that. And then they got sent a load of free Cornettos <laughs> because they mentioned it. Yes. So in Hot Fuzz, which was the second one, they did it again because they wanted free ice cream. They didn't get free ice cream. And then um, they put another... They put Cornettos in the third and final one and made a reference to... I had to write the name down so I could pronounce it properly. And I apologise if I don't. Christoph Kelwowski, who did the um, Three Colours trilogy. Yeah. So they then said that it was a parody of that. But the all the, the corn, strawberry Cornetto in the first one, because zombies, blood and gore. Original blue Cornetto in the police one, because police. Police. And mint Cornetto, because it's green, because sci-fi and aliens, for the last one. Good stuff. It shaped my sense of humour. Yes, I and spaced is just so it's because it's two seasons, seven episodes each. You can do it in a day, and oh yeah, I happily watching spaced. The overarching thing for me was, oh, this is why Ben. Like in a good way, it's just interesting seeing like um, yeah, something that is so obviously uh, one of the cornerstones of someone's sense of humour I mean I, I have some interesting Cornetto trilogy of course you do um, didn't research any of <laughs> just pulled one. it out your brain you know this, it. Is, this is just shit I know yeah um, everyone who was in the first two movies was in the third one even if it was oh. just a small part Martin Freeman is a tiny part in Shaun of the Dead yeah a bit part in Hot Fuzz and then a main yes. character, a principal character in the thir- in a, a World's End. Mm. Bill Nye is in all three of them. He's the voice of the network in World's End. Yeah. Then he's he has part of my he's some of my favourite acting in Hot Fuzz mm. when Simon Pegg says, "You can't just make people disappear," and he says. Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. And then there's just the tiniest little snarl. 
Yes. So I just had to look up a picture of him in uniform to remember. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's that's it. Is Bill Bailey in? Remember, Bill Bailey's in the third one then. Uh, no, Bill Bailey wasn't in the first one. He's in the second one. So he's he in not... the second one. So he's in the third one. But then? only the second one. Oh. If someone was in the first and second, they were in the third. Oh, first and second. Excuse yes. me. Yes. Okay. You are excused. The loophole. Sir. That's still cool. The loophole indeed. Shall I do my honourable mentions? You do your how many uh, how many of them do you have? Six. Shall oh, I just nut through? Two. Shall I just nut through them? You nut through three. Okay. Then you. And do then one. I'll do one. <laughs> and then I'll then do you another go three. Through two, and then I'll do yeah. Sherlock. I was talking to someone about Sherlock. Was it me? And I would completely agree with you, as long as you stop with season two. Okay. I thought season three was okay and that season four was a letdown. Okay. I Because I yeah. I don't think season four explained what happened in season three and season three did not explain bits of season two that needed explanation. Yeah, totally. I think with season two it, it would have been better just to leave it. Yeah. That's and kind not of why try to explain anything. That's kind of why it's an honourable mention. I think if you if you watch in quick succession which i did uh you sort of become aware of those flaws but actually as standalones they're really good there's little things like um i don't know there's just just things with like the the sister and the brother that like aren't really i don't know they they just don't wrap things up as tightly as they could have i still quite like them i would still watch them but yeah that it's it's not perfect that's why it's an honorable mention uh number two Hip Hop Evolution, yeah. huh? Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix, a really good documentary about uh, the evolution of hip hop. Where did it come from? Where will it go? And other. Where did it come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Thank you. Um, what is wrong with you, Cotton Eye Joe? Um, really good. I would say pretty good if you're not into music or hip hop anyway. I mm-hmm. I am into hip hop, but I'm kind of coming to it quite late um so like it's really good as like a primer for me to like actually know oh this thing that i really like actually stems from this thing that's quite good to know and there's a um a really cool like referential sense of humor with how hip-hop is produced like there's lots of like callbacks to different things and like the way that certain loops are used is like quite funny. So actually, this was really nice to learn a lot about the history of hip hop. Number three, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yay! Pretty good. Um, couple caveats. I maintain. I know some people disagree, but I maintain skip the first series and come back to it. First series isn't very strong. It gets good when Danny DeVito joins the cast and you can say that about a lot of things um there are also problematic bits when it comes to uh blackface um there's a few let's say challenging episodes uh there is a recurring bit where one of the characters uh pretends to be hispanic but it's the joke is why would you even do that 
I feel I I was gonna say I feel like um, it's sort of more it's 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 a piss take of why would you? Yes. My first honourable mention is Blackadder, um, the very very British period sitcom. Um, each series is a different uh, like era in history. The first yep. season is a bit wank, but then. Uh, Ben Elton yes. came and sort of straightened out, the, sanded down the edges and made it a bit more better. Swap him. He got Baldrick, he got Blackadder, and he said, now swap. Um, and I yep. feel whenever mentioning yep. Blackadder, Blackadder goes fourth, which is the uh, fourth and final season. Um, the last episode of that is the best best episode. I think it, it deals with uh, World War Two. Shockingly well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's something that uh, I don't know exactly when that one came out. Let's have a little Google. Mm. Wow. 1989. Yep. It's as old as me. Wow. That's, yeah. And it's still, uh, it was World War One. sorry, not yes. World War Two. It doesn't get, it doesn't lose anything. Yeah, it's pretty good. The, the, the longer the time goes on. Mm. So yeah, little little yeah. bit sad there, but Blackadder, any series you can chuck on a couple of episodites, and you're gonna have a giggle. My uh, my favorite. You're gonna have a laugh. Is it the second series, the uh, the Regency, um, with Hugh Laurie as uh, Prince George? That's with, my favorite. Uh, Prince George, I think so. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. my one and one of my favorite comedies of all time. That particular series. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. Even in the final episode, which is very, very sad, mm. you still laugh. Oh, yeah. Um, you still laugh in it. Yeah. Again, good writing is when you can go from funny to sad to funny to sad. Only yeah. fools and horses do it. Yes. Um, when they actually have fun- when actors die, they have had actual funerals in the show because the characters have died as well and they've been very respectful and very moving but then can flip right over and it will be funny and you will laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's what the good thrill. writing is, that is. My fourth honourable uh, mention. On. Your, your other three now, please. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. Um, I haven't finished it and that's why it's not on the actual list. Uh it's basically about some Canadian assholes who live in a trailer park and like don't really have any money and try to sell drugs and like do stupid stuff and that's the whole show. And it's filmed as if it's a documentary, so it's like a live camera capturing stupid stuff. Um, super relatable in that sometimes people just do dumb stuff and you can relate to it. Um <laughs> Very weird sense of humour in places. Um, my bugbear is that the more you go into it, the more you realise these idiots are just going to keep doing stupid stuff. And it does get a little bit samey, but it is still funny. Uh, Sebastian back from Skid Row shows up a few times, which is weird. Um, so yeah, Trader Park sure. Boys. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, okay, pretty- that that has passed me by. I I didn't, it it didn't grab me when I've seen any trailers or anything for it. Yeah, but- fair. It, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it it's 
it's the sort of thing that you can just sort of have on and then like just mong out with. So that is quite nice to have like a mong out show. Uh, I've not been doing sure. much monging of late. Um, number five, Disenchantment. Uh, Matt Groening's fantasy yes. uh, TV show Futurama was Simpsons in Space. Uh, Disenchantment Medieval is Simpsons. yeah. Disenchantment is a fantastical uh, Futurama. Um, again, it, it's exactly the same as what we've said about good comedy today. It's it's really heartwarming and heart wrenching in places, but then like. It, it's a quite gentle sort of comedy like the simpsons will very rarely have proper laugh out loud moments like the humor is mm. that kind of like dots connect in your brain and you go that was objectively funny uh-huh. or you go meh or whatever or it's like i recognize that to be a catchphrase but that's fine that sort of comedy is fine um it's very much like that um disenchantment by Matt Groening on Netflix would recommend there's not much of it mm. which is why it's not massively bingeable uh, for me two, two seasons of like I believe so. 10 or 12 episodes I think uh, but there's potential for more to come out which is great um, I love the art style and season 2 came out season 2 came out real quick yeah it did off the back of the it did. season 1 I think um, the elves in um Disenchantment are like the funniest things in the world. Uh, they're like little gremlin-y type elves, and um, they they sort of do like the seven dwarfs thing of like you've got um, Kisso the elf and you've got Shocko the elf, and Shocko will just Elfo Elfo the elf. Um, Shocko will just stick his head into doors and go <gasps> like he's <gasps> the funniest thing in the world. Um, I think Shocko the Elf is probably the main thing that I did physically hurt myself laughing with. Um, but I can hurt myself doing a lot of things. I pulled my trousers up and gave myself cramp the other day. <laughs> that was real bad. Well, there's your problem. Why did you do something silly like pull your trousers up? No, I shouldn't have. Well, they would have just fallen down and I probably would have got cramp anyway. <laughs> in oh. Tesco with cramp and yeah, no okay, trousers. Okay. Um, maybe maybe pull your trousers up in that situation. Yeah, maybe. Uh, my final honourable mention is uh, Dear White People on Netflix. Dear White People is basically about um, a college campus in America and issues of race. Um, there's a, a central character has a radio show um, called Dear White People, which is basically pointing out uh, pointing a finger at microaggressions and stupid stuff that happens on campus. The central character has a radio show on campus called Dear White People, and it's basically pointing a finger at microaggressions, um, how the college administration has done basically racist things. Um, and the the narrative revolves around white people not realising they're racist and they stay to start up their own um, radio station um, to um, combat dear white people and basically just they are they are stupid um, freedom of speech advocate shitbags and that that's the whole plot basically but it's really good it's really compelling it's better than I have made it sound just now I would recommend <laughs> dear white people I have one uh, honourable mention it's a short one yeah uh, I think that it at least 
for me, and I'm certain for many other people, Friends. Fair. Has to has to be thrown up there because it is almost it's very difficult to go through your TV list and Friends not to be on there. It's always Comedy Central or maybe another couple of channels like that for at least two hours a day. Friends will be on. Yeah, and Friends ended <laughs> fifteen years ago. Sometime, yeah, and it has been on repeat since then. Yeah, whether you like it or not. Yeah, it can't be again. It can't be ignored. The spin-off series Joey. Very much can be ignored. You can go ahead and I completely it. forgot about that until today. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't think you can say that it's not. You can say it's not good. You can't say it's not TV. bingeable. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Because if nothing else is on telly, Friends will be, and you can have it on in the background. <laughs> e- easy content. Easy content. Yeah, good stuff. Lovely. So this will hopefully be. Uh, a section that we have every live stream. I have a stupid habit for uh, my live streams, the LT Guitarist live streams, of trying to implement new uh, recurring features and then immediately forgetting about them. So, like, I hope that you, us having this dialogue, will 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 remind we each other. We might remember It's it. like in the last few uh, podcasts with guests where I've just straight up forgotten how the show works. Um <laughs> So like it happens. Yeah, it will. I don't know how obvious it is that I goof up the end to uh is it the Duncan Casey episode? I'm like, and that's the show. And you're like, now we've got no, it there's isn't. more show, Lee. I'm like, oh, there's more yeah, show. I, I I think there is. But hey, I probably do that a few times. For some for people who've been doing this for nearly five years with not as professional as others. I think you could say that about most things. Um so we're, we're going to have, at the end of yeah. the live stream podcast, we're each going to present a piece of good news and we're each going to present something to plug. Um, it sort of can be something we're doing. It can be something that is free, something that is paid for, but basically something that we have been enjoying in the most recent past. Um, so my <laughs> my piece of good news... Good sentence. Thank you. I I am good at wording. Um, My piece of good news, uh, this is a little silver lining that's come as a result of um, the the quarantine, the lockdown, uh, the plague. Um, I'm just going to read the headline. This comes from uh, Good News Network. Uh, Homeless in Oxford won't need to go back to sleeping outside, even if pandemic ends this year. Um, Over a hundred... Homeless people living on the streets in Oxford mm. have been uh, put up temporarily in student housing and bed and breakfasts, which are, for reasons of plague, uh, not currently in use or certainly haven't been for the last few months. Uh, of sure. those, I think 76 or you know a goodly chunk over half uh, have been found uh, more permanent, sustainable housing. Um, and I assume the rest are being worked on uh, because people are inexplicably starting to take holidays again. Um, the it's, We've got a similar situation in Cambridge. I know that there's been some um, shipping containers uh, quite close to where, not far from where we are, 
uh, repurposed uh, into yeah. housing, which which is amazing as well. And it's, I think, I can't speak to Oxford, but I know in Cambridge, I think that was going to happen anyway. But maybe the the pandemic has made people go, gotta fucking get on this. Um, there, there was temporary housing uh, made in Cambridge that's been being talked about for some time. Mm. So uh, yeah, that that's been opened and I believe are in use. For yes, the, those most in need. I've driven past it a few times and like, get there s- are people in there, which is let's great. get some more. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's get some more and then not have homeless people. That'd be good, wouldn't it? And it's um, instead of giving MPs pay rises and clapping the NHS, we could brothers we could lords. house homeless people. So this is like we we could fund the health service. We could not ruin everything by voting against our self-interest. Um, so it's a little bit of a silver lining to what has broadly been a negative thing. Um, that's a sweeping generalisation, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I think that's really excellent. And it it sort of sucks that we've had to have a lot of people die um, in order to house the homeless. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to fuck a gift mm. horse in its mouth, or indeed anywhere. Uh, leave don't. gift horses alone. Um, what's your good news? Well, you've sort of got a combination of good news pluggy plugs, haven't you? you you've you've yeah, screwed I've the got... medium already. Well, I've got good news and I have a plug, which I'm choosing to plug because I think that the news is sort of good, or at least it, it's a goodness of a negative. I love it. So my, my straight-up good news, downtown Sydney is now powered by 100% renewable energy. So Sydney in Australia, the downtown area, complete, no fossil fuels, wow. no nothing like that. They've done the largest, uh, they've done this big old, big old deal. Uh, I believe, I've got numbers here. Ooh. It cost $60 million uh, dues, mm-hmm. US dollars. Yep. They wanted to change, there was a petition to change the... Uh, Australian dollars to dollary dues. I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed it hasn't happened yet. Um, it's but it saves uh, half a million every year. Wow. So whilst it would take yes, arguably 120 years to pay for itself, th- that's not really the point. Yeah. It's the fact that they've invested and they're saving five hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, it's getting rid of 70% of the carbon footprint before 2024. Mm-hmm. So it's going to end up, at some point, a negative carbon footprint. Okay. So it's, at 2024, it's going to be... 70% of it will have been wiped out, I think. That's a lot of rain. So is, that is a lot of rain, and it's happening here. And I think it might... That's going to screw with my noise. That's going to screw with my noise reducer. It is screwing with your noise reducer a bit. Mm. But hey, at least Australia is starting with their renewable energies. Good for you, Australia. Big big old solar panels, Good job. which can work in the rain. <laughs> oh, it's England. We don't get enough sunshine. Yes, you do. It's ambient light. You're an idiot. Research it before going, eh, not sunny enough. Karen. If it wasn't sunny enough, why has every bastard got them on their roofs? We just need a renewable energy source that is powered by Karen's. Or we could just burn them. I, I was going to say, does that fossil fuel 
<laughs> I missed the obvious uh, joke. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> but that's amazing. That's I'm, really cool. I'm going to do uh, my pluggedy, my good news at slash plug. Plug it up, bud. And won't you know, it's our good old friends at Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Still um, strong voices in the Black Lives Matter movement because guess what? They fucking do. Yes. And if you're saying uh, all lives matter, yes, all lives do matter. So why not the black Everyone ones? Ha- so, so, and, and there are some people being systematically murdered. So maybe we should help out those ones because the others aren't. Yeah. The, uh... But, you know, all lives matter. So I'm certain that those uh, refugees coming across the channel will be welcomed by those people with open arms. Yes. Except, except they're not. So um, What's Ben and Jerry's has gone against what is it, Pratty Petil? Yeah, it's re it's really coming down where you are, isn't it? Let's let's get this done quick. It's all good. Yes, uh, Pretty Patel said that we needed to stop them boats coming over. Yeah, those boat tiny tiny boats full of desperate people fleeing countries that we are bombing. Yep, or at least selling the bombs to the people that are bombing them. We are responsible. But how dare they? How dare they seek a better life for themselves in a different country? Who do they think they are? Tommy Robinson. How dare they do so, what's um, best for their children, like Dominic Cummings, apparently. Mm, ben and Jerry's basically spent some time telling her to shut the fuck up, starting with a person, people cannot be illegal. Yeah. So whilst, yay, these people, this company who employ... Uh, people who are out of prison because guess what? America still wants the slave trade. They've just put it under a different brand. Yeah, they're still going for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, they actually give more of a shit about people than the people whose job it is to care about people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if hundred percent, and their ice cream is fucking tasty. Yeah, it's nearly worth five pounds worth just because tasty. Yeah. Now you've learnt this stuff. I would be buying the ice cream even if the ice cream I, wasn't really ice cream my thing to plug isn't a covert dig at the government Ben uh, it's just a, it's a YouTube channel that I like I've been getting uh, more and more into Dungeons and Dragons through the lockdown uh, aided by uh, questing time on Twitch and some of the other D&D uh, related streams on Twitch and we've been playing more Dungeons and Dragons over um, uh, Zoom which is real Skype fun. yeah man um, and having more free time to just get like really into everything. We watched the uh, the terrible early two thousands Dungeons and Dragons film. Don't do it. Not <laughs> worth it. YouTube channel I really like um, Joe Cat J O C A T. Um, YouTube channel Joe Cat. They do a lot of stuff on YouTube, but their serious crap guide to D and D is really funny. It's um, the kind of fast talking humor like a zero punctuation type thing. Uh, it's animated okay. with like um, made to look like pencil on paper animation doodles. Um, it, it's not a very long series. I think they have an episode explaining each of the uh, classes, basically the things you play as in Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and it explains them in actually quite a, quite a fun way. So I've sort of realised some things about the character I'm playing that I should perhaps be trying in future, or like why specific things don't seem to work. Um, so they've they've not got many videos, but they are really funny, and I just watch them in a in a hot 
hour last night, one after the other. Uh, so that was really good. Okay. Joe Cat on YouTube. Or Ice Joe Cream. Joe Cat on YouTube. Yeah, man. Hey, why don't, why don't we get some Ben and Jerry's? In the rain. Sit on a big, long sofa with the windows closed so we can socially distance. Yeah. Eat some ice cream. What's the joke at? I mean, it's raining right now, but that does sound like It is. So <laughs> let's not necessarily do that Soon. straight away. Soon. When the sky stops making noise. <laughs> yes, that's important. We'll do that thing. Um, let's wrap up oh, the podcast. Check us out. And then wrap up the, uh, the live stream. Uh, Three hours. Yes, it's it has good. been over th- over three hours, which is good because that's what we were aiming to do, but I didn't tell Ben. Um, cool. No, th- I wasn't informed. This has been the Conversation <laughs> Hat podcast. This particular episode it was has. recorded as a live stream, a pretty good live, live stream. stream. Um, it's you, so good. You can find Convo Hat podcast on Twitch, Twitch t- twitch.tv forward slash Convo Hat podcast. We're also on YouTube, but we don't have a URL yet, but you can find Conversation App Podcast on YouTube. These live streams happen currently once a month. Uh, just as soon as the world stops being bullshit, I will do more stuff, probably. If you are listening to this as a podcast, you only have to wait three weeks. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. And there'll be, there'll be, a, there'll be a podcast in between. with guests Heck in, in, in between. between that time, so you're not going to be able to get away from us for that long. No, good stuff. No, if you like, no, what, if you are like what we're doing, but kind of wish it was better, you can support us on Patreon. You can see me on Instagram at Spike Pearson, P I E R S O N. Um, I used to go on Twitter, and then I was just tweeting what other people had tweeted, and I got bored. Fair. So I'm on Instagram, where I sometimes put funny photos. I'm on TikTok as well. Yeah, you are. Where I put funny shit yeah. possibly more rarely but it's funnier it's funnier good stuff so if you want t- tiny videos of me or pictures of just shit near <laughs> me then go on them stuff what you've been my in. life is exciting uh, I am at LT guitarist <laughs> on most platforms I think I'm Liam Taylor guitar on Instagram and Liam Taylor guitar on YouTube I do live streams it's pretty good I'm great um, it is pretty good. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, he is great. Let's let's fade out the podcast. I'm going to hit stop. That's fade out. That's what that means. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to and presumably enjoying the Conversation Hat podcast. We've chosen to put this, the only advert, at the very end of the show because we wanted to specifically target the people who enjoy the Conversation Hat podcast the most. And the fact that you're still listening, even though the episode has actually finished, well, that leads me to believe that you're exactly the people I want to talk to. The Conversation Hat podcast, and indeed everything we do here at Odd Creative, is an entirely independent operation. So please bear in mind that even though we don't get paid for doing these episodes, that doesn't mean they're not work. So we're asking you, our most dedicated listeners, to consider what you think this show is worth. If it's worth around one American dollar, which, I mean, it is at least worth that, then do consider subscribing to our 
Patreon. A Patreon subscription to the Conversation Hat podcast is a monthly recurring payment of pretty much however much you want to send us. For one dollar or more every month, you get early access to our recorded episodes. You also get access to an additional patrons-only mini-podcast, so something that only people who subscribe to our Patreon will be able to hear. Which is really exciting for us, because it means that we can be really super gross, and only our most dedicated listeners will ever hear it. That's kind of fun. So if that sounds interesting to you, please go to patreon.com forward slash conversation and see what else we have on offer. Thank you for your time.